What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. We are going to go to a happy segment, which we don't get to do a lot on this show. We are going to talk about prison closures. We are joined this morning by Brian Caneda, Deputy Director of California's United for Responsible Budget, or CURB, which is an organization dedicated to reducing imprisonment in our state by developing deep economic analysis about how it's actually financially better for all of us to reduce prisons. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Kat. Um, thanks so much for, for joining. Always love having you all on the air. So uh, California's announced it's going to begin the process of closing Chuckwalla Prison in Riverside County um, and are planning cutbacks at six more prisons, correct? Yeah, six more uh, facilities that are state-owned. You know, w- this is a big victory. It's a big win for community. But we know in this time all of our victories have quotes around them. Um, We do give Governor Newsom and some lawmakers credit for responding to our call to move these prison closure priorities forward because we know it's a complex issue with a lot of moving parts. Um, The administration really affirmed its right to select and close any prison uh, across the state that it chooses using this existing list of selection criteria in collaboration with CDCR, but it's really failing to incorporate some of the most important priorities of currently incarcerated people, like choosing the prisons to close that are the most toxic with the worst health outcomes. And, and Kat, I also have to say closure um, in quotes. Uh, it's a bit of a misnomer because what these facilities are actually doing is entering into what's called a warm shutdown which means that the prison is actually still open and minimally operational. That costs taxpayers millions of dollars per year, although the people who are incarcerated are moved to other facilities. And so far, what we're seeing is that when a prison shuts down, people are transferred to other cages across California and not necessarily to prisons closer to their families or loved ones. That's something we're tracking with the recent closure of California Correctional Center in Susanville. Thus far, there have been no releases associated with closing prisons in California. And that's something that's been widely misunderstood, especially with this conversation that we're having about uh, crime data across the state. Um, And there really hasn't been enough uh, creative generative discussions about what it will actually look like to repurpose these prisons for other uses. The state has also been really slow to make economic investment commitments that are really the most necessary part of the healthy prison closure process, Uh, though we are starting to see more energy directed toward what that could look like. And it's because of all these challenges that those of us at CURB um, and in the Close California Prisons campaign are really calling for a comprehensive roadmap to close at least seven more prisons across the state by 2025 versus this more scattershot approach that might fail to center some of these really essential priorities. Brian Canada, you know, I'm, I'm always going to celebrate the closure of a, a jail or a prison. Yes, and- ma'am. Always. Um, And um, I appreciate you talking about, uh, you know, or highlighting 
right off the bat that this is a complicated issue. And so I want to go to one of those issues, right? That it's a conversation that happens um, in, inside of black and brown communities um, around this. And, and that is the critique about job losses um, mm-hmm. and also the economic impact on surrounding cities. Does the state have, because because our response, right, as advocates and activists have been, right, retrain them, repurpose those folks into being able to do other things. I mean, off the top of my head, right, train them to be a, a nonviolent responder to um community crisis, nonviolent, non-carceral responder to community crisis and pay them a living wage to yes. do so. I mean, there's, yes. there's, there's things that the state could do, right? Does the state have a plan? To deal with the economic Im- impact, you know, on on cities like um, I think it's Susanville um, that that is around Chequala or or the, or the job losses that are that are going to happen, and if not, what are you recommending inside of this conversation? Because because yeah, and the last thing I'll say, I'll let you I'll let you answer. These are black and brown folks, right? Exactly. And whatever beef I have with them about being uh, uh, law enforcement agencies agents, they are black and brown folks. Yeah, um, these are really important points to consider. Um, and the reality is that there are tens of thousands of people that rely on these carceral economies to survive. And, and nobody's blind to that. And this is something that surprisingly we really had to fight for. Um, but there have been some commitments made on that front. Um, the, investments, the investments that are being discussed, though, are really focused on the economies of prison towns, which is important. Um, but it shouldn't be the whole picture, just like you're outlining. In Susanville, for example, assistance is going to come from the state um, from a $1 million rapid response fund to support an action plan for the local economy while also connecting them to aligned regional planning efforts and statewide funding opportunities through California's $500 million Community Economic Resilience Fund, or SURF. Um, and this is a smart use for SURF, which was established to help promote sustainable and equitable recovery from the economic distress of the pandemic. And it can really be used to support new plans and strategies to diversify local economies and develop sustainable industries that create high quality, broadly accessible green jobs for all Californians. But it's only part of the picture. And it's really vital that resources be directed not just toward prison towns, but directly to black and marginalized communities who have been most harmed by That's prison right. expansion and the incarceration crisis. So we're talking about reentry services. We know that half of the population in California prisons actually comes from LA County. Um, we need to really do a geographic analysis of where these funds ought to be directed. And the state's own legislative analyst office estimates that California would save $1.5 billion annually through five prison closures by 2025. And our estimates suggest that the state could save as much as $2.8 billion annually by closing 10 state-owned prisons. And this is our money. These, This is the money of the taxpayer that's been used to... Uh, cause generational harm to our communities and it's been weaponized and it must be repurposed and reclaimed um, to make a real investment in public safety. And we know that means community-based resources. Brian, that is an amazing point to end on. I got to go raise some money for the station so we can have you back on the air real soon. Thank you so much uh, for your work, Amber's work, all of your folks over at Curb. Thank you. And close California prisons. 
You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Rask and the Fortnite Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.